If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's essentially the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need on one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your pod right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your pod on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yes. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Okay, I'm going to read this thing. Hi, welcome to Let's Process This with Melinda Hill, the show where I talk to interesting people who are making interesting things about overcoming trauma and obstacles and how that informs the creative process. During the pandemic, Let's Process This is filmed air quotes live in front of a studio audience on IG Live and then is released as a podcast. Uh, So you can get it anywhere where you get podcasts. Tonight, we are raising awareness and funds for downtown women's shelter in LA. So if you feel inspired to give to this great organization, just send a Venmo to at Melinda Hill and a portion of proceeds will be sent their way and to a new charity each week. You can also subscribe to the podcast for free at the link in my IG bio at Real Melinda Hill or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode. Here's my low budget sign. Enjoy that. (laughs) Today, I would like to introduce my first guest. She is uh, the most fabulous and enterprising Michelle L'Amour. Michelle is the producer of Quarantine Cabaret. That is, you can find it at quarantine.cabaret. She's been featured on America's Got Talent, MTV's Amazingness, and Sex Life on the Epics Network. Hi, Michelle! Hi! Good to see you. So good to see you, my friend. How are you? Well, um, I'm moving right now, so that's why I'm in my car. You can see all my boxes back there. Oh my gosh, where are you moving? (laughs) Like moving is stressful enough, and then doing it in a pandemic is just a whole other level of madness. Where are you guys moving? Well... Well, I'm not going to say on Instagram. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, are you staying in the city? Are you staying in LA? I'll be LA adjacent. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you could join me. I didn't know you were moving today. Oh, yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, like, what what is your big um, pandemic passion project that you've been working on? Yeah, so, you know, I produce live shows, and I'm a live performer myself, and so, you know, all that got shut down in about 45 minutes someday back in March. So we've been working on digital content and working on uh, Quarantine Cabaret, which is an online variety show that features talent in their living rooms from all over the world, and it's super fun. It's actually bringing me a ton of joy. And then we just upped it by doing uh, Quarantine Cabaret Uncensored. So that's that's a little bit more risque, and you have to pay for that one. <laughs> so what happens on that? How is it? How is that more risque than uh, the other one? Oh, there's nudity for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just like going beyond burlesque, and and the in the 
the confines of what burlesque is. Not that burlesque has a ton of rules, but you know, it's that show gets a little bit more experimental. Cool. And how did you get into burlesque? Um, well, I got into it after college, actually. I went to school for finance and um yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> um I decided burlesque was much more fun. And yeah, so I started I think I did my first striptease back in 2003 so 17 years ago where did you um go to school for business i went to u of i in champaign oh (laughs) so how did you transition from business into burlesque well i graduated around like a, a few months after september 11th happened and that was a a big wake up call for me um, because I just felt like life was way too short and I, I wanted to be able to do something that I was proud of and passionate about. And really after that moment, I mean, the financial market was horrible. So um, I just went back into teaching dance. I started, um, you know, I used to teach kids, I used to teach kids dance, Miss Michelle. Um, so <laughs> I just went, I just went back to that after college and, um, just pursued that. And then I ended up, you know, producing burlesque in Chicago, which at the time had no scene at all. So, and now it's, or used to be bustling. <laughs> so you basically created the Chicago scene. I mean, yeah yeah you're a really good producer like how how did you get so good at producing uh so I produce with my husband we're like a mom and pop sex shop over here um we just do everything together and we've been producing shows for as long as we've been together really (laughs) did you meet him in the clubs or where'd you meet Frankie I actually met him at this audition. It was like one of those really like scammy model auditions where they're like, come and if you want to be a star and you know, those kind of horrible things. Um, (laughs) So I went to one of those because I was super bored and I was still in Champagne and I was like, well, let me just go and do this thing. And I went and he was there and he actually approached me asking if I would dance with his band. And so I did. I was his backup dancer for a while. And then um, we started opening up the rock shows with burlesque shows. And then burlesque took over. Um, and he doesn't have a band anymore. I totally yokoed. and what is like your favorite you've done you're you're always inspiring me with your prolific creativity and I wonder what are your favorite projects that you have done oh man that's a tough question um I I feel I feel like I've had a lot of different uh, chapters in my career. Um, I used to run a burlesque school. I ran a burlesque school for about 10 years. 
Is that me but beeping or are you beeping? It's me beeping. I'm going to try to turn that off. Sorry, go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, I ran a burlesque school in Chicago for 10 years, and um, I'm really proud of that. And I also ran a club called the Everly Social Club in Chicago as well. Um, and then, gosh, what? I don't know. Like, as far as acts are concerned, um, I feel like it's really hard to pick just one that I'm, that's like my favorite, you know, because I just feel like my acts are, represent so many different person traits of my personality that I just, it's hard to like pick one. <laughs> Where can uh, people see your, your work? Well, you can't see it on YouTube because I've been banned on YouTube. Why were you banned? uh, Well, according to them, it was for severe violations. Like what? I don't know. There was no warning. It just happened. Um, uh, So, yeah, I I have no idea. Um, But most of my stuff is on Vimeo. Um, Quarantine Cabaret is on Vimeo. So I use that platform a lot. Okay, and that's cool. I love Quarantine Cabaret. It's very clever. They're very good acts. And so you wrote me like a couple months ago and said you were going to start a little thing called Quarantine Cabaret. You were going to have like six people do acts, and you wanted me to do comedy. And I love doing stand-up in your shows. I've had so much fun in your shows, like Soho house on Valentine's day was like so fun and so packed and et cetera. And you always produce great shows. And then all of a sudden you sent another email and you were like, actually we've gone nationwide and we're making this a series. And then it's like, it's just, I'm admiring your producing skills because in the two month, you know, quarantine, you made like what, like nine episodes of this. Like we're, we're about to, um, come out with 16 on okay. Friday. So you're on 16 yeah. episodes of this like solid, really well produced, um, beautiful show. I mean, like yeah. how, how are you guys doing this? What's your work ethic? Do you just work on it all the time or? Well, um, so basically from concept to completion, uh, we, we thought of it on the 16th of March and then on the 20th, we released two episodes. <laughs> so we like really turned it over fast. Um, we do work on it a lot. We have our production set up in our living room. So we've got the backdrop and the lights and, and all of that. And so I, I'll film all the hosting stuff and that's a little easier and less technically involved than filming my acts. So when we film acts, we like have to set up, you know, this three curtained thing, this little like shoebox kind of stage. And I try to just pound out my acts in a night, do like three or four. So we have them in the can, as they say. And then, um, yeah, we try to like make the most of that setup because it's such a pain in the ass. Okay, so that makes sense. So you just sort of batch produce them. You jam out your host. Did you do you have like um, a thing that you're reading when you read the beginning thing? No, I'm just going off the cuff. Like I, I should probably be more prepared, but I'm just like talking. I, you know, I'm I'm not a host by nature. It's not what I do. I'm just making it work. And um, 
my husband does all the editing and, and makes me look good. He does. <laughs> he does a really great job. Does he have film production? Um, ex- yeah, he's. Experience? We've been actually making digital content for a, a long time. Um, I have a Patreon page. I've had that for about four years, and so we've made a lot of videos there. So we've already have experience doing this kind of work. So. Yeah. So when YouTube banned you, did you lose all that content that you had on YouTube? Yeah. Everything. Gone. Fuck, that's gone. And I, you know, I can't even, if you send me a link on my phone, I can't look at it. I can't even look at YouTube. Like that's how banned I am. <laughs> so I, and like, if you send me a link, I'll have to look at it on my computer but if it has an age restriction, then I can't find into it because everything's connected with the email and I can't get out of it. I don't know. I just, whatever. <laughs> How do you think that happened? Do you think someone reported nudity or you're, not, you're not even really doing full nudity, right? You're just doing burlesque, no. which is like a tease. No, I, I, I'm not. I mean, I, I did post a video uh, called Pleasure is Power on there. And it was a tribute to Andy Warhol's video blowjob where um, they just show a, a guy from like, you know, the chest up who is receiving pleasure. And I was like, well, I'm going to do that. And I released this video and it was black and white, no sound. So there was no copyright issues. Um, and it's, you know, it's intense, but you don't see anything. You see nothing from me at all. Um, but I I put that up and I thought, well, if it's a problem, they'll take down the video. But I didn't think that they would take me down completely. Um, but whatever, I stand by it. I don't care. Now I'm, now I'm using it as a badge of honor. Well, I feel like being banned from YouTube for nudity or whatever you were banned for has only made you more popular. Because you're very popular and all your sol- uh, shows are sold out. Would you agree? Um, I mean, I think it's definitely an interesting selling point for sure. <laughs> it kind of it kind of sucks to not have an entire platform that everybody uses um, at my disposal. So, you know, I just that just means I have to get more creative. Do you feel that business school really helped you? Um, be such a, be a, be a better businesswoman in burlesque? Um, maybe, I don't know. I actually, I don't feel like I'm super great at business. <laughs> I feel like I know enough to not get in trouble. Um, and that's really all I wanted to know. <laughs> that's a good thing to know. I feel, I feel yeah. like so many artists could really benefit from, business acumen and and sat you know know how like like David Bowie you know was a great businessman but oh, it, yeah. but only came through him making you know really really bad business decisions before he knew better and um, but but he made very smart decisions but a lot of artists you know can be challenged with that um, it's hard because you're trying to balance your passion with making money. And there's a whole um, disconnect with artists who who want to make money. It's like you're less of an artist if you make money. And I think that's total crap. 
<laughs> like it's the whole art versus commerce argument. And I feel like there's, there's nothing wrong with wanting to get paid for your time and your talent and your creativity. Well, I think it makes you artists are just pushed around too much. Yeah. And I think it makes you a better and stronger artist when your mind is not occupied with financial chaos and, or any other kind of chaos, you're, you're more just more available to create if you have like that security and serenity and sanity um, in your finances. Um, yeah. Michelle, did you have any obstacles or personal trauma that you've overcome along the way? Did I? <laughs> uh, yes, let me count the ways. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think um, one of my biggest biggest obstacles um, was having alopecia, um, which is an autoimmune disease that causes your hair to fall out. Um, and I kept this secret for a very long time and it destroyed me. It was like, I was, I was out there on stage portraying this, this sexuality and this image. And, and internally I was just crushed and, and, and really not doing well. And, um, about two and a half years ago or so, I, I came out publicly about it. I made a video on YouTube, which is now gone. Um, and I, I revealed what I was struggling with and I took off my wig and, um, just fully stepped into myself and who I am and, and I, and what my actual message is, which is uh, beauty is truth. And I had to embrace that and live that fully. So I'm cool, but I don't know that I would have shaved my head on purpose. <laughs> oh. It was more reason to uh, to losing my hair and and trying to mitigate the trauma of seeing my hair everywhere except on my head. You know, like on the comb, in the sink, in the bathtub, on the pillow. Like it was just too much, and so this was kind of the answer to just kind of take that stress away. And now I just kind of like it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I did not know that. That is beautiful. Yeah. I love your message that beauty is truth. That's yeah. one of the things I really admire about you. So, and I love your posts about that. And that's so yeah. much more interesting to me than, um, you know, just a, a a typical burlesque dancer. I think that makes you really special. Like what, how do you, how, what did you use to overcome that trauma? Like, what do you think helped you? Oh, Was um, it just embracing it? Lots, lots of crying. Um, lots of like relearning. I, I basically, you know, I had to, I had to learn really, really learn everything that I was actually teaching all of my students. So I, I believed these things to the core, but I believed them for other people. And I couldn't figure out how to take them on for myself. And it took me a really, it took me a really long time to, to come to grips with that and just go through that work and do that work. 
Uh, would you say feeling is healing? Feeling is healing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, during, especially right now, during this time, like if I feel like crying, I'm crying because mm -hmm. I'm not holding it in. Like for what purpose, you know, it's just like, there's, there's no benefit in trying to tough it out. And, um, it, because when it, when we're at the end of it, it, the more trauma that we can process now, the better. That's right. I completely agree. And I think that taking that time to cry and, and just feel what's going on is like, that. that's part of being a human and just embracing like, you know, some days you're going to be able to do a bunch of stuff. And some days it's like three nap Sunday and yeah, with a melt, with a meltdown in between. And that's fine. <laughs> right. And, but, but you know, you don't see that, you don't see that stuff on Instagram. You see people who are doing, you know, 12,000 squats a day and like, <laughs> you know, like feeling life. And I'm just like on the floor crying. Like everything's and I just want to hug. <laughs> That's right. We should see more of that on Instagram. I feel like Instagram would be a more truthful and therefore beautiful place if we knew yeah. all the dimensions of what was happening with people yeah i'll um, just start an account called ugly crying and then everybody <laughs> can submit to it it'd be great <laughs> i bet that would be so popular i mean i i love yeah i love seeing what's really happening with people um i think because i think it gives everyone permission to to have their feelings and to you know feel like there's there's not something wrong with me because i'm having like emotions and what how yeah. did that inform your creative process overcoming that trauma well um I I kind of like took everything down to the roots you know I kind of took what I had built and I had to tear it all down to find out where I actually was because I I feel like I got a little bit lost in it for a while um, so I, I, I had, have had alopecia since I was six. So it's been with me my whole life and has really informed, you know, who I am to the core completely. And, you know, if you can imagine being in junior high or high school and you have bald spots and you've got three little wispy hairs that are doing their best to cover up those bald spots and you wear big bows to cover up the other spots that, you know, it's like horrible. It is horrible to go through. And, you know, those moments informed me because it really made me value honesty and value truth. You know, like one of the, one of the most formative times in my life, I was probably in first grade and my mom spent all this money on a wig and I was running in school. We were playing duck, duck, goose and the wig fell off and like everybody laughed at me and I came home and my wig was askew and I was crying and, um, I, t I took it off and I said, I'm never wearing this. I'm never wearing this wig again. And that was the moment where it was, it became very important to me to be, honest and to be authentic and and not try to sell something that I wasn't 
Um, but I think that I kind of did that for a little bit because I had a taste of normalcy. I, there was a time when I did have long hair and it was curly and it was fun to play with and do hair, hairography. Like I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that because I didn't have it. And, but in that I kind of lost those, those ideas of who I was and what I believed because I was enjoying, you know, just being a normal person for a little bit, whatever normal meant for me, it meant having hair and, and waking up and not having to spend an hour in the mirror trying to disguise something that um, I didn't want people to see. What is your current creative process in the pandemic? Do you like wake up and make new dance routines or how do you come up with all these dance things? Yeah, You're always cool. dancing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always dancing. And yeah. that's what um, I well, love about I'm... you. <laughs> um, well, I do uh, right now, like I'm doing a lot of yoga, meditation, Pilates, ballet, doing that. Um, and then as far as creating, I mean, I think meditation has actually really helped a lot. What I, kind like, do you do? Um, well, I'm just doing something on an app right now on Headspace. Mm -hmm. Um, that's been really helpful, but I'm, I'm doing it more in earnest now than I have been in the past. And I think that's been really helpful. Yeah, I, I totally am on the same page. I meditation changed my life and it enables me to feel relaxed enough to create. I also get ideas from meditating and walking. Um, yes, love walking. It really is great. Um, all right, we have three minutes before this is going to shut down. Then we're going to have our next guest here. So um, what's coming up for you, lovely Michelle? Where can people find you? Where can they watch well, your things? <laughs> of course, you can find me here on my Instagram page. You can also find me at quarantine.cabaret. And, um, yeah, we'll have a new episode of Quarantine Cabaret coming out every Friday. And then our next Uncensored show is June 19th. And you have to buy a ticket for that show because it will not be free to watch. So um, check out those links in my bio. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining me today, Michelle. Keep doing all your great creations and your great meditations. Thanks. Thank you. It's so good to see you. So good to well, see you. I hope to I hope to see you again soon. Yeah, for sure. Bye, Mwah. Michelle. Good luck with the move. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining me while you're moving. Oh my gosh. <laughs>